Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode six of the Run Culture podcast for season two. Today is a continuation of my chat with David McNeil from episode four. So if you haven't listened to episode four and you really like what we chat about here, then I definitely suggest to go back into the archives and listen to episode four, where we talk about other common biases amongst the distance running fraternity. The biases we discussed in both episodes are quite common amongst the patients I treat and I can certainly admit that I've fallen for a lot of these biases throughout my running. I don't think stuff like this is talked about enough when it comes to uh, smart training decisions or injury management amongst runners. I think these kind of biases and acknowledging and reflecting where we can succumb to these biases is really important to make astute and accurate and really helpful life and running decisions going forward. The first five minutes of the chat today, we talk about Dave's recent speed cut that he got before the Melbourne Half Marathon where he ran 62 minutes. So it obviously worked, uh, but the chat becomes a bit more relevant as you'll see over the five minutes. Uh, Dave's really articulate about talking about anything running and physio, so I thought I'd better keep this gold in there. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the show. I'd love to hear your feedback. I hope these uh, episodes are proving useful. And to shorten this introduction, I'll leave it there so you can get into the episode. Enjoy. A brief interlude from the show, guys, before I get back to it. If you have any running injuries or running questions, training indecisions, and you want to book an online or in-person physiotherapy appointment with myself, Dane Verway, go to www.runculture.org. While there, you can also find a link to my online strength and conditioning community where you'll join an exclusive members-only Facebook group and gain access to over 220-minute running-specific mobility, Pilates, or strengthening routines. Anyway, enough from me. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, and I just like I just had this... I was just at the hairdressers and... Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just chatting about, um, oh, the, I, we got onto talking about what I did for work and I said I was a physio and, and, um, and, uh, it's always, always risking opening a can of worms when you say you're a physio because oh, always, yeah. oh yeah, I've got this sore shoulder. Oh, yeah. sore <laughs> but, but no, that was actually really good because, and it's, and it, it highlighted such an important, um, 
issue at hand for physios now, particularly like, you know, at this point in time of history and, you know, where the profession's at is. So, yeah, he's telling me about this time he went to the physio for, he had tennis elbow and, um, and he, the physio kind of had, gave him some exercises and um, told him what to do, what not to do, so kind of education. And um, and the hairdresser is saying, like, you know, he left feeling really disappointed, like he, you know, he was expecting to get some hands-on treatment and massage and he didn't get any hands-on treatment. And, um, you know, it, doesn't really, it really doesn't matter where you sit on that sort of... Um, how what what you sort of what value you see in 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 manual therapy and hands-on therapy um what's what's the issue at at, at hand is that um that the physio hasn't done a, a a suitable enough job at explaining to the client why he hasn't done um hands-on treatment and he also has missed probably the most fundamental question which is like what what's your expectations from today and yep. and what what's your understanding? What do you feel is going to help you help you the most? Like yep. two really simple questions that you know you should always always ask. Um, and um, you know if 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 the client or patient or person in front of you values something in particular and you can provide it and and it's um, and it's it's safe to do and you can clinically reason that there's there's some efficacy for it. Then you should do it, um, yeah. even if it's maybe not the first thing you were thinking to do. Um, yeah. yeah, it's always about kind of balancing like what's best um, with with the with the client's beliefs, and um, you know you might you might try try and educate them and and maybe alter their belief system a little bit. Um, but yeah, you got to be you got to kind of you got to check into that human side and 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 do it gently and. And um, and um, yeah, not just like not dismiss the person in front of you and what they think. Yeah, that's that's um, that's really really good. That's exactly like what what um, we were sort of mentioning before. It's like like you got to mm. su- like subtly intertwine um, what you want them to do with with where yeah. you got to meet that patient sort of in the middle a little bit and. Um, yeah, so it's that, an art. Yeah. It's an art. It's like run. It's like run coaching. Like it's yeah. like anything we do. There's there's a there's a science to it and there's an art to it. And um, and uh, yeah, to to you know, and, and so it's like anything in life. There's no nothing happens. Nothing occurs in life in these nice organized pillars. Like there's always there's always overlap. So there's an art and science to conversation there's an art and science to physio there's an art and science to coaching you know health is um you know not uh just a physical condition it's not just a mental condition it's not just a you know a um spiritual uh calamity or awakening or anything it's it's always there's always uh there's always this interrelationship this um this, this synergy between all of these um you know things that are going on <laughs> yeah and that's good I, like um i was like i i was so glad to get you on again like the pot for the podcast um because i kind of wanted to continue on from last <laughs> chat where we started talking yeah. about like unconscious biases that um yeah. all all us runners and and 
physios and I mean every human mm. kind of has mm. um mm. and uh I've got about 10 of them to go through but at the same time whether we go through them or not um I'm not sure how long you've got <laughs> Dave like but if we got another half an hour um yeah of course yeah um I thought you were gonna like when you're talking about your hairdresser I thought you're gonna um <laughs> talk about um this bias called the Dunning-Kruger effect um where okay. yeah it's sort of this relationship of like when you first start out doing a hobby or a sport or or some new pursuit and you're kind of a bit naive and you don't know much about it but then that's kind of like a good good thing because you sort of like because you don't know much it's quite simple you sort of know a few things and you think that's the answer and so yeah. you're kind of confident you're almost overconfident yeah. because you're like oh yeah well, this seems to be working so i'll just yeah. keep doing this so you just you take yeah. steps forward and you're not scared like you just go for it yep and then yep. the longer you're in in that hobby you're sort of like or pursuit you're like oh hang on that didn't work this time and <laughs> and then and then you start to like learn oh hang on you know there's this factor and this factor and and maybe mm. this is more important and you start mm, to mm. you start to actually um, the more you know the the more you don't know and um, yeah, uh, you start yep. to um, go oh, okay well this might be relevant but in this context um, it depends and uh, yep. uh, so you start to I don't know you start to realize that um, the context is so important and I thought the hairdresser mm. was going to maybe ask for a bit of advice <laughs> on their their um, tennis elbow or their um, repetitive, <laughs> their, their neck neck tightness um, on the spot, and it, it's um, it's so hard to give advice. Often, like um, you know, within a minute or two of meeting someone, because you're just so unaware of like um, context. the context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but like I, I think um, uh, if you don't know any better and um, and uh, you're not experienced. Um, it, in the field of, of injuries, you might be like, oh yeah, well I had that injury and, and when I yeah. had that injury, this worked. And so you're, you're confident yeah. that that's the answer. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. um, that's it. That's a, that's a interesting bias that I think, um, I don't know. I want more runners to know. And, and a lot of runners would probably be aware of it, but, um, it's, it's a good one to, to get new runners to probably, um, uh, maybe slow down. I guess the only way that you know mm. that you're wrong is through experience, uh, or the know mm. know that mm. you know there might be more ways to to go about it is through yeah um, sticking at the sport for a while. Um, yeah, that I think that um, yeah, and even if you if you if you look past the like the the bias lens, so you know you kind of you painted this really nice picture of like you know the person that goes in a bit green to an experience and and um, and because of that, they're a little, little, little less inhibited because, um, because you know they don't know what they don't know. Um, and I think it's like, yeah, if you look past the, the bias side of things, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice sort of picture that you paint of one of the things that can you know bring people undone. Um, you know whether that's, um, you know whether it's a physio. And, you know, you, you get into the room and you're like, crap, I don't know what's going on here. Or uh, you're, you're an athlete and you're, um, and, you know, you've had these past injuries and, you know, you've had these pains before and you're kind of overthinking things or, 
um, or you've yeah you've had some other experience or um, um, yeah or yeah if if you bring it back to the bio side of things and you're um, I don't know you're researching something and um, you're getting carried away with you know all of the the things that you don't know and that you can't control for it's a really kind of nice um, view into um, the capacity for the uncontrollables, the unknowns, um, to, to overwhelm us and to, to sabotage our effort um, and to sabotage what we're doing in the moment. And it's a, it's a, it's kind of like a an indication of um, our <laughs> the human the human habit to to be anywhere but in the present moment. And, and just just seeing things for face value and getting distracted by you know the, the things that you can't control. Yeah, that's so good. Which like we can all we can all get better at doing doing that, being a bit more present and and and, um, and just sort of like just accepting that there are things that 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 are out of our control. Yeah, I, I reckon um, after like two years of physio, that was the most injured I have ever been like um i started um going oh i've got ankle pain maybe it's like um that patient i treated two months yeah, ago or yeah, and you just yeah. like it's almost like you're starting to know a bit too too much and then you yeah. you just um it's almost you need to sort of meet somewhere in the middle i reckon like sometimes it is yeah. i wish sometimes some of my patients had were a bit naive about some yeah. aspects of their rehab and and didn't overthink yeah. as much um and yeah, and we're yeah. a bit more confident. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we get stuck in the weeds and the details. I think. Yeah, and I think it. Yeah, on on that, I think um, you know, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like you know, as physios, you know, when we've got someone in front of us, there's a few there's a few categories of things that we're looking at. So, like, and I'll I'll take a runner for example. Um, you know, a runner comes in and they've they've got you know, something sore or they've got a specific injury and, you know, we, they're, we're looking at, so one of the things that we look at is we look at um, strength and control. So we see if there are strength deficits, we see if there are deficits in range of mo- movement, um, we see if there are deficits in motor control. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing we look at is, is biomechanics. So we, we look at you know what's their running form like? Is there something about their running form that's um, that's you know maybe contributing to to this this injury? Um, and then we look at we look at we look at load. We look at training load. So how much they're training, how often they're training, um, how hard they're training, and all of these things. Um, and I feel like if you if you if we kind of like put all of these different categories of things that we look at in a pyramid we're often like um the foundation is often you know the the strength the tissue capacity the motor control the flexibility and then and then we're kind of looking at the biomechanics and then the load management we always ask about it but it's rarely like it's kind of like the the you know the also thing that you look at rather than the main thing but i would argue that yes there is always you're always going to find some biomechanical things going on yes you're always going to find 
some um, strength things, motor control things, flexibility things going on. But you could fix either of those things. And sometimes you may not fix the problem. But I guarantee if, if, you all, if the only thing you do is change the load, so reduce training, increase sleep, improve recovery, um, hydrate more, just the foundations, if that's all you did, that's probably one of the things that's almost certainly always guaranteed to, to have a positive impact. Yeah, that's... And yet, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, always, it's always addressed, but it's probably not prioritised. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like... Um... Because, 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 it's too, because it's too simple. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, you, we, you know, you want to, you know, someone's got medial tibial stress syndrome, then, yeah, oh, it's not cool to just look at load. Like, we want to look at, you know, tibial rotation. We want to look at um, what's going on in the ankle joint, what shoes they're wearing and, you know, um, you know what's happening at their hips and their knees. How's, how's their, have they got a medial collapse pattern? Like, that's the cool stuff to look at. And, of course, you absolutely look at that. But, um, but like... The simple thing is, well, what's your what's your load been like? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, the simple things. A clear case of that this morning for me with a patient. I was on the phone to um, her, uh, this athlete's um, strength training coach, and mm-hmm. and I was saying to him, "Oh, look, I don't. I've, I've just done a couple of telehealth um, Zoom appointments with this girl, um, and she's mm-hmm. had uh, shin splints, and I looked at her running gait." And she has this mm-hmm. crossover running gait. And I was yeah. saying to him, look, I don't know if I'm placing too much of an emphasis on, on her running gait, but she runs like this. Um, maybe we should, you know, work on, on that um, to see if it helps her, her shin splints. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I've known this girl for three years and she's run like that um, the whole time. Um, and he, he just um, raised some really good points. He's like, um, her family dynamics have changed. Her parents haven't been able to get her to training as much. Yeah. She's a bit more yeah. inconsistent. Like her loading, yeah. she's loading yeah. like a lot on just two days rather than sort of four or like yeah. small amounts over four or yeah. five days. He, he said yeah. like that another moving part was probably the the way that she was loading her body and um, she was a bit inconsistent yeah. over the months yeah. leading into yeah. into the into the injury and yeah. And it, it was it was good because it's so easy to get like lost and and place too much emphasis on on certain aspects and kind of leads really Absolutely. neatly into the the next um bias that I had written down mm-hmm. was which is um mm-hmm. it's called um defamation professionnel which I think it's a French <laughs> French <laughs> pronunciation but yeah. all it means is um we get biased towards looking at a a particular um question where in, in light of our work or occupation. So like if we're yeah. both physios, then we're more biased towards um, probably diagnosing something as a mechanical kind of injury or mm-hmm. strength kind yeah. of injury and, and, and uh, prescribe strength exercises. Whereas a dietitian yeah. might see it from their, their silo. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's really important and um, a good, good way to think of this is like if you're a builder and you've got like a tool belt and Mm. perhaps you've only got a hammer like you can't Mm. fix everything with a hammer like sometimes you need a screwdriver (laughs) yeah sometimes you need a bit of putty or a sandpaper or 
Like you need a few yeah. different tools to like to get the job done. Yeah, to, you gotta, yeah, yeah. Recognize, recognize your um, recognize where your where your weaknesses are. Um, recognize where you know there there there's potentially someone that can um, really really complement you know what you're doing and make what you're doing heaps more effective because yeah I mean don't talk to me about diet <laughs> I'm not going to be able to help you with that yeah and 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 but it's a good point like you know if you're looking at you know injuries and load and you know that you would be familiar with this and 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 it's kind of a hot topic in the endurance sort of world is is reds and and um and you know the the role that um, energy balance plays in, in injuries. And again, that's another load. It's another load thing. Um, and, um, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great reminder to, um, yeah, take on that multidisciplinary approach to things, interdisciplinary approach to things. Um, and yeah, if, yeah, when confronted with like a particular, as you said, confronted with something and you're, you're more biased towards, you know, oh yeah, this is something that, you know, it could be, could be done with physio. Like, yeah, take a step back and like the best way to address those biases is just to listen. Just let the person in front of you talk and like, don't interrupt them. Let them tell their whole story and like, and don't be so quick to start probing them with the physio type questions. Like, just let them let them tell their story. Give them space to um, give them space to be heard. And and um, yeah, chances are you you probably will pick something up that's like, oh yeah, let's probably be on my uh, pay grade. Um, let's maybe um, let's maybe get uh, someone else in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, beautiful. Next one I've got is bandwagon bias. Um, so <laughs> like. Most people will be familiar with this kind of one. Um, yeah. Like you often um, hear of AFL uh, people switching teams mm. um, and um, <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon. Um, yeah. uh, it's kind of like how I'd like the people to think of it is like if you've got a running group um, uh, and you look around in that running group and, and you all mm. talk and you all communicate and you're all friends mm. and you all inspire mm. each other, um, mm-hmm. and you, you listen, oh, so-and-so um, wears this shoe, they love it, or mm-hmm. they do this stretch mm-hmm. or this Pilates group and it's yeah. working. Um, they yeah. train this way and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's made their yeah. running just improve out of sight. You, you're more yeah. likely to believe in it too and you're more likely to yeah. um, go, oh, yep, oh, I'll, 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 I should do that too. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it might be the right, right, um, right uh, thing, thing to do um but but not necessarily all the time but you're more likely to be swayed by the people immediately around you and um yeah 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 Yeah, Um, absolutely it's um yeah and and like yeah and so many that that comes across in so many different whether yes whether it's as physios or yeah as you said like on a team and someone's doing something and jumping on the bandwagon but um there's um and like even you and I probably have like I have to check pull myself in check sometimes because you know if I'm seeing a runner like yeah I've got my physio hat on but you know I can't ignore the 20 years of running that I've been doing and you know things that have that have worked for me and 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 yeah admittedly like there's a lot of times where I'm like oh yeah this happened to me like 
we'll try this because this worked. Yeah. Um, and you have to pull yourself, you have to pull yourself up on it sometimes. But I think, um, yeah, like if you're looking just like in the physio community, um, Tom Goom um, put it really, really well. So I've been doing his um, running repairs, oh, good. Um, clinical edge course, and and um, and he makes a point in like in the course that um, you know that we we don't want anyone, we don't want any camps here, so no camps. So we're we're not, we're not uh, um, don't park yourself in the, the, the anti-manual therapy, um, camp or don't park yourself in the, um, you know, the, the eccentrics only for, for, for attendance or don't park it. So, and, and again, it's like, you know, parking yourself in a camp or, or jumping on a particular bandwagon. Um, yeah, we're, we're all, there's always those, it's that, always that human tendency, um, to uh, to do that and and um, you know someone's got a particular particularly strong online presence um, yeah, it's easy to to get swayed um, and sometimes that's that's okay um, but sometimes it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I listened to the most recent um, on coaching podcast by Steve Magnus and John Marcus and yeah. it was about um, athlete profiling and um, uh, being aware of the, the, the athlete in front of you. And um, mm. they sort of said, like, when you first uh, start coaching someone or um, mm. you, you, you have that initial chat and it's really good to ask them, oh, what do you like doing or what do you mm. dislike doing? And, and straight away mm. that is, is likely to give you a bit of a hint to um, perhaps their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, I think... Um, it was a really good podcast anyway, so if, if mm. um, uh, I'd, I'd recommend it to all listeners to have a listen because yeah. it really does um, show show how we should all be um, uh, appreciating that question ourselves uh, when it comes to our own mm. training because um, it might give us a bit of a hint um, to how we differ to the next person. Um, yeah, I think it's like, they, they raised a good sort of topic about maybe the 800 event, I think the 800 meter events really good to see. And it really shows it really effectively is like how, um, uh, Justin Rinaldi kind of trained athlete, um, uh, like a Peter Bowl or a Joseph Dang, mm. they sort of approach mm. it sort of more from, um, like a, a low volume and a quality sort of, mm. um, approach um compared mm. to say like a luke matthews who would do mm. uh, more more volume of running and um mm. uh and sort of um, be stepping down to the event and mm. and they but they mm. all they you know um all those three runners would you know run 145 144 so mm. uh, they run mm. the same time but they they approach it very differently taking um, different different road to get there yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah um yeah. Yeah, the next next uh, one, which I think is really important to go over, um, I see so many upset runners when I don't think they should be, and they should be a lot more kind to themselves. But outcome bias, um, and so many, so it's so easy to get lost in um, the quest to like run a PB and get so disappointed yeah. by your end yeah. res your result and and um, yeah. what it says on Strava and and be so yeah. time orientated, and that governs. Yep. what we determine to be a success or not. And yeah. I think um, uh, it's all right to, you know, have some time goals, but 
I, I feel like mm. um, too often people are getting way too hung up on mm. on numbers and they need to be yeah. a bit more process orientated, whether that's, you know, you know, maybe you've improved, like maybe, you know, um, you didn't get the time you wanted, but there might've been a few positives in the race in that you paced it better or you were resilient mm. um, when you fell over or you didn't give up when you ran into mm. the wind. Um, and, mm. Yeah. And, and you just, you applied your pre-race tactics and they didn't work this time, mm. but you you actually um, mm. nailed them. So I think like yeah. there's so much more to um, uh, a, a race or a result or training than the actual numbers that it spits out at the end. Um, and I think, um, yeah, Coming a little bit more mindful of this bias is a really important one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, well. The first thing I'd say is like, it's uh, it's absolutely okay to feel that way. Like that's natural, um, and and you should you should. I think like I think with any any sort of emotional response to you have that you have to an outcome um, or an event. Um, yeah, we, we, the goal is not to suppress those feelings. Um, let them be like disappoint to, to feel disappointed because you had a, an outcome goal and you didn't hit it. That's totally fine. Um, but the, so letting the feeling in and letting it be, that's, that's totally fine. Attaching to it. That's the thing that you want to kind of avoid and, and ways that you kind of, a you, you want to detach from it. Uh, firstly, remind yourself that, you know, and, and, um, and this is, this is, I did not come up with this quote. This is from a friend, but, um, time is an illusion. Time is an absolute illusion. Um, you know, it's, it's always there. There's always past, present and future. So, you know, if you had a particular outcome that you were seeking and you didn't get it, that doesn't mean that it's it's lost forever. It just means that it didn't happen today, um, and there's there's a t there's always a tomorrow, um, always a tomorrow. Yeah. So that's the that's the first that's the first point. And you the, the second one which which you raised, which is which is a super important one, and I've I've written about it before, is that um, you know focusing a little bit more on those processes um, and you know, if you've got a particular outcome that you're seeking, so like a particular time or qualifying for a particular event or, you know, particular position or things like that, that's all good and well. But the foundation for all of those things is, uh, is a whole series of processes um, that you want to be enjoyable, um, you want to be meaningful, um, and you want to be purposeful. Uh, so if you, if, if we are focused on that outcome at the expense of, um, of really focusing on processes that, um, that, yeah, give, give our day-to-day -day life, um, you know, that, that little, little extra, you know, happiness, that sense of joy, you know, spark some gratitude, then, um, yeah, that's, that is definitely an, an antidote to, um, to uh, those feelings of, of disappointment and, and getting hung up on, on outcomes, because um, if we if we're really if we're really invested in those processes, 
um, the great thing is, is that, you know, when an outcome comes about, those processes are there the next day um, and they're there every day or, you know, every day that you're, that you're committing to them. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, that's really, really wise. Um, like, I had, I chatted to Caden last week, uh, Caden Shields, and he's, he's um, really wise as well, like, like you, Dave, and that's why I've enjoyed getting you both on the podcast. Um, and he, he said a similar, similar thing about, um, about it all. Like, um, back uh, a couple of years ago, um, before he ran 215 for the marathon at Gold Coast, he was, um, really stressing that he'd never represent New Zealand and that's what he wanted mm. to do for his whole career. Um, he's got mm. a psychologist that he um, sees over in New Zealand um, mm. and uh, he spoke about this fear like going into Gold Coast Marathon with um, the psychologist and the psychologist was said to Caden, look, Caden, like how many young, young eight, ten-year-old boys want to you know, play rugby for New Zealand. Um, and you'd probably say like, you know, on average 90%. <laughs> um, and how many actually yeah. make it? Um, and, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but next to none. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. and I think like that's a really important um, perspective because um, we've got to be real about our goals too. And and, and as long as we're learning stuff along the way and we're keeping our processes, um, yeah, meaningful and purposeful and enjoyable, mm. Um, mm. then uh, like it's a, we're learning a lot of stuff along the way and um, we're going to be happy nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you yeah, if you really if if you if you genuinely uh, experience joy in the process. Um, yeah, the, 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 the disappointment with, with outcomes will, 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 will be short lived. Um, but you know, if, if you, if you're not finding, um, that real joy in the process, then, um, that's the first thing I'd work on. Um, cause, cause inevitably it probably gives you, yeah, the chances of, um, better outcomes, you know, a better chance. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. If you if you if you're enjoying if you're enjoying the the, the road there. Next one, um, sunk cost, um, bias. So you see this um, in so many uh, runners that you treat um, one or two weeks before their Melbourne Marathon, and they've trained mm -hmm. for six months, um, mm. or they're they're training for something that they've paid money for, or it's you know interstate, mm. it's Gold Coast Marathon, and um, uh, like, and then, um, you know, so something, um, plays up and they get an injury and probably the wise move is to maybe not do the marathon and maybe do the 10 K or just not, not do the race mm -hmm. altogether. But it's mm -hmm. such a hard decision mm -hmm. because you've just invested so much blood, sweat and tears, um, yeah. you know, over, over a long time into the event. So it's yeah. easy to see, um, how, you know why? Why it's such a hard decision? Um, but yeah. I, but I think that sunk costs fallacy um, is um, one that uh, one that um, really blinds blinds people and, and, and makes them really it makes it really hard to make a really sound decision. 
um, mm. for the for the long term. Uh, mm. Yeah, do you have anything to say about sunk cost fallacy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's um, again we pro and like this is maybe this is another type of bias, but we take for granted that um, you know running for us um, is is something that we do. You and I really do enjoy the process. We'd be doing it, you know, rain, hail or shine, whether we ever raced again or, or you know, ever attached any sort of performance goals to what to what we're doing. But there are plenty of people that are going to line up this weekend for Melbourne Marathon that running really doesn't serve that purpose in their life. But, um, but you know, this was, a, this was a goal that it's not the running that's important to them. It's the, um, you know, it's, it's the... It's what they've learned about themselves. It's the character building. It's the um, you know doing something challenging and different. Um, that's that's meaningful for them. So you know, faced faced with you know the prospect of you know injuries and and um, you know not being at your best. Um, you know, we we can preach that um, you know it's probably you know wiser to maybe reset your goals and 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 do this and that. Um, but we're kind of we're kind of assuming that running is like a an important um, process uh, in their life, um, which isn't the case for everyone. So I guess yeah, like a, a dose of empathy is important um, for those people that don't that um, you know don't uh, don't have that perspective. I guess um, you know weighing up you know whether it's the right thing to do or not. Um, but you know, for the people that do, like the other thing is, is that you know, and I've I've had an, an athlete that um, that's that's lining up for the marathon this weekend, and you know, about four or five weeks ago, um, did a did a calf strain and and ended up missing almost two weeks of running, um, but has just has put in like the most amazing twelve months, um, and it's a good example of that. Uh, we we we're we're often pretty quick to forget um, everything that preceded that injury, and and we kind of think that you know all these like blocks of running injury running injury that they occur in vacuums um, and that there's no relationship between them. But one does not lose an entire year of training uh, from taking two weeks off, um, and. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, maybe an, a, not an ideal preparation, not a um, an ideal lead up, but um, the guy's still fit. The guy's still going to break three hours. Uh, I feel I feel reasonably confident he's going to break three hours. Um, and you know, it might not be feeling as sharp as he was, but um, there's a lot to there's a lot of positives there. You know, you can um, and and it is absolutely like at those crossroads, like. There is always the opportunity for for the outcome and the performance to be completely sabotaged by by what's by by your mind, um, yeah. and um, and and that's where you have to really actively kind of address that and go and 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 realise the thoughts that serve you and the thoughts that don't serve you, <laughs> and 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 fo- focusing focusing on what didn't go right that doesn't serve you. Focusing on all the things that have gone right, that that does serve you. Yeah. Um, you know, focusing on the things that have that are in the past, that doesn't serve you. 
focusing on what's in what's in front of you right now, that that absolutely serves you. Nah, so good. Like, um, and and even like just some, what I've found like going through the last twelve months of work and and with a highlighter circling, um, you know, all those all those workouts where you we were like, oh yeah, that was that was something that you know I, I was really showing that I'm, I'm, you know, I can do this and, and going mm. back those full 12 months rather than just focusing mm. on the last two weeks, yeah. um, that, that yeah. my, yeah. myopic lens and, and that bias yeah. to, to probably just, uh, focus on what happened yesterday or today or, or last yeah. week, yeah. um, can often blind, blind us and, and make us think really negatively going into an event. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, it, of course, like you, you, you always want to go into events, you know, um, no niggles, no injuries, and and that doesn't always happen like that. But um, I, when it doesn't go a hundred percent your way, um, I feel like <laughs> a lot of the time the 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 performance that you know may not have met those original expectations, it's less a consequence of what went wrong in the past and more a consequence of what, what went wrong in that present moment, which was you weren't present. <laughs> you were, you were stuck focused on this injury and, 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 um, and that ability to kind of negotiate and, and make, make decisions in that moment was kind of tarnished by, yeah, that, that doubt and that, that kind of self-defeating attitude. Definitely. I've got three more. Um, yep. yeah, so <laughs> Um, I'm not sure which ones I'll pick. I'll, um, I'll probably pick ownership bias because um, that sort of flows pretty yeah. nicely from the one that we just talked about. And ownership mm -hmm. bias is kind of that Ikea effect that we mentioned last time, just quickly. Um, and mm -hmm. it, you get attached to um, something that, oh, like say you've got a training method that or a little routine that seems to have worked in the past and you've had a good result uh, mm. with it in the past and, mm. and you, you become really attached to that way of thinking and training and, mm. um, and preparing mm. for a, a race. Mm. Um, so it's almost, uh, like you associate it with, um, with the result and you ha have to do it all the time. And I've had a patient just <laughs> recently, yeah, who, who, um, just swears by, um, uh, this sort of hilly, um, uh, trail run that they do yeah. on the weekend um, and they they've got really fit from doing it I'm sure and it's been a, mm. an amazing part of their their training and they love it mm. um, so it is a mm. great aspect but they've got um, an injury um, that so they got iliotibial band syndrome which it just mm. seems to flare up every time after that run mm. but they're, they're so mm. attached to that run <laughs> and they just love it yeah um, yeah and like it's great, like yeah, great. That I really feel like they should do that run long term, but for the short yeah. term, I'm having a hard time uh, trying to get them to to believe that they don't have to do it every week. And if they want to settle their yeah. knee down, they've they've got to detach from that that um that routine. And um, there's more ways yeah. to do it. <laughs> um, it's, it is it is arguably the number one bias that um turns turns niggles into into injuries and and the, the number the number one thing that people own is their weekly mileage yep so a niggles creeps in and 
there's this stubborn um, attitude to nut the training flow. I've been doing 120k weeks. I'm sure as shit going to do another 120k week this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even, even though, even though maybe maybe all they need to do is just back off to 80 for a couple of weeks, keep the ball rolling, let that tendon just get a little less angry, <laughs> yep. settle down. But we, 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 yeah, you're right. We, one of the things that we we're so we so stubbornly own is our you know our training habits and. Yeah. You know that that magic number, like oh, I've got to do this many k's this week. Or I've got to do my, I've, I've, my long run. It's got to be ninety minutes. I can't do I can't do eighty nine minutes. It's got to be ninety. <laughs> <laughs> Have We're you like, that? I'll put my hand up for that. <laughs> yeah. What about like I'd love to hear from you, Dave. Like personally, your experience with this, and whether you're like fallen prey to it yourself, but then whether you've ever opened your eyes and gone, oh, wow, I trained for this race so differently mm-hmm. um, and it was mm-hmm. it lacked, lacked, it lacked certain routines and structures that you normally um, mm-hmm. uh, um, or routinely follow but you lacked that and you still yeah. ran well? Like, do you have anything that springs to mind? Yeah, I mean, like, this whole year is a, a great example of that. Like, I was, um, you know, the thing that got me to the Rio Olympics and, you know, what I'd done for it, years was I was running 160 170 k's a week and 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 so my mathematical equation was this much work equals equals this much chance of of um you know running running you know the times that I'll run um but you know somewhere along the lines we get older (laughs) our bodies don't recover as much and um and you know the the thing that I had to detach from was you know that um, well, the first thing I had to do was ask the question, you know, what's my goal here? You know, what am I trying to do? Um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make a pretty Strava with, with, uh, the most number of Ks on it. I'm not competing on Strava to, to get the most Ks, um, for the year. <laughs> my, my, my goal is, is I, I want to run, oh, well, this year it was, I want to run a fast 5K, I want to fa- run a fast 3K, I want to run a fast 1500. And, um, and, you know, I had to, I had to really assess like what's the best way for me to do that. And that was no longer running 160, 170k weeks. You know, I could probably do it if I was really careful about, you know, um, gradually building up, but it wasn't how I ran best. And, um, and the other thing was, you know, and this happened probably over the course of the last few years as well, was that, you know, three quality sessions a week. Um, was no not, no longer serving me as it as it once did, and and so you know I changed those things because I really focused on on that that question like what's my end goal here um, rather than attaching you know this is this is one of those processes this is one of those process outcome things where it probably goes the other way a little bit and and so you know some that's why you can't you can't have one without the other you absolutely your outcome goals are your that's your compass. Um, and it's a great compass to have. It's not an endpoint; it's just a compass. It's a direction thing. Um, but those, you know, the you, the processes and the outcomes you need, you can't have one without the other. So you got to recognise what each one's what each one's there for. And those processes, that 160k, those 160k weeks, three sessions a week, 
that wasn't serving, you know, the outcome that I was seeking anymore. Because my body just changed. It was older. <laughs> it takes a little bit longer to recover from things. Um, so I had to adjust that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably my example. That leads, like, really neatly into the last two, um, which was status quo uh, bias. So um, a lot of runners are just so resistant to change. Um, we get so mm. stuck in our ways, um, especially mm. <laughs> if we've had success with certain formulas and certain training yeah. modalities. Um, yeah. And so yeah. we just get – we just become resistant to change, even though, like you said, you're getting older, mm. things are changing in your lifestyle, Um Mm. things if things aren't working then you should try different mm. things um but yeah, yeah that that yeah. that that is um definitely a really um common common one we get sort of stuck in our ways and often we don't know we are um uh we just yeah yeah come a bit blind true. to it it's true of all yeah. humans yeah it's true of all humans like you know we runners get stuck in their ways doing you know things that probably aren't good for their bodies you know People that um, lead completely sedentary lives and put on weight and develop, you know, chronic conditions, chronic back pain and, and you know, problems with blood pressure and things like that. It's the exact same thing. They get You get stuck in your ways. It's a human. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's just part of the human condition um, of behaviour and habits and and um, the, the, uh, the energy and momentum it takes to um to break those habits um takes time and the fear sometimes like i think yeah like often yeah, a hugely. routine like is comfortable yeah. and it's sort of like what we we're mentioning last podcast yeah. um yeah. like so you're just like oh well i know what's going i kind of you just yeah you, you sort of know what to expect each day yeah kind of a nice nice feeling to just be comfortable in that um, fear of the unknown yeah <laughs> yep that's it um yeah last one addition bias and and so many runners um are prone to this um seldom do we see runners taking away uh stuff from their training week uh, we're always adding we're trying to run faster <laughs> trying to run more yeah. trying to yep. do bigger workouts and yeah often you hear someone go oh look how good that runner is and they're only doing 40ks a week and you go oh, imagine if they did 60k's a week or imagine if they did this and that and yeah. like yeah. there might be some merit in that but at the same time like i, I think um uh some like often there, there are runners that just are low mileage runners and they run better when yeah. they're doing low mileage like um yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think there's a bias towards um yeah and strava probably sl- slightly um encourages it at times uh, where we're mm. like, we're just um, yeah, like you sort of said before, trying to um, we're monitoring our mileage, and then mm. we start to mm. think that if the graph's going up, our fitness is going up, and we associate mm. um, volume of running and the amount of workouts you do with um, mm. improved fitness. Um, so it's yeah, 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 tr- tricky trap, <laughs> and but I think it's um, it is yeah, it's easy to um, overtrain if you're thinking that way. Yeah, and that's that's half, half the battle is just recognizing them and like catching yourself when you when you see yourself doing those things and yeah, knowing better. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah put, putting that logic putting that logical cap on and and taking that emotional cap off temporarily yeah yeah for sure like i think um i think like i i was definitely i definitely fell for this um bias a lot throughout my running um mm. and it wasn't until i had some coaches that sort of said look um if you just don't get injured for a couple of years and you just do the same same mm. workouts week after week mm. um mm. uh they don't look too special you know when you just look at them um over a seven day cycle you, you could easily mm. do more than what you're doing um mm. but you're just slowly adding layer upon layer and mm. that's what made mm. me understand the addition bias a lot more it's like <laughs> can you can yeah. you can you train the way that you've trained this week for a long time and not get injured um yeah then okay well then you probably found a nice sustainable training method and um mm. and that's going to be successful too um yeah yeah uh, occasionally you have to push the envelope um but sure yep yeah and i mean if you if you're training once a week um to be a better <laughs> runner um you've got some yeah. room to move slowly over time but yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> i think we, we get it, caught up in it. it a bit yeah yeah we 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 attribute performance to um to certain acute um benchmarks um where in where in actual reality it's it 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 has a lot more to do with the um the the consistency the um the the layers the layers that you build rather than the uh the the heights that you reach in in um well in training yep Hundred percent, and then even just the like, it's the balance of so much more than that, like stress and lifestyle mm. factors, sleep, yeah. diet, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and really good periodization. Um, yeah, yeah, you you go, oh, I'm gonna have a month easy now because mm. I'm looking, I'm I'm gonna try to peak in ten months time, so I mm. need to make sure that all my systems are replenished now. Um, mm -hmm. so that, um, I've, I, um, I'll, I'll last 10 months time. Mm -hmm. Um, cause if I, yeah, if, yeah, I yeah. if I think of like, oh, nah, I won't have a month off. I'll, I'll try to, mm -hmm. um, uh, get a step ahead of everyone or um, mm -hmm. a step ahead of last year and just train through my break. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, often that, that's, uh, that approach, um, often ends up with overtraining and, and, and a bit of a flat yep. period come 10 months yeah. time yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah mm. beautiful mate well um that's been that's that's everything um yeah thanks for nice yeah going over <laughs> all the biases um there was a few I probably today. went off top went off topic a little bit but oh no that's that all right no that's <laughs> like um it was all gold that you added and um that's the whole point of the podcast um it's <laughs> nice to um go down some rabbit holes and they're all relevant rabbit holes. Um, so yeah, cool. awesome, mate. Um, thanks so much. Good for on the you, chat. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, let's do it again soon. Beautiful, mate. <laughs>